Let's try this again. Okay, guys, welcome back to the Hard Count Football Podcast Live. My name is Jacob Charnow, leading the next generation of football fans live on the Hard Count Football YouTube channel and, of course, on 1252 Sports Chicago. Guys, it's draft week. It's draft week, four days away from the NFL draft. This is the most excited I've been. This is a very, very special episode of the Hard Count Football Podcast Live because this is the final... Let me pull up the title slide. This is my final hard count football mock draft live. Very special show today, guys. Very special show indeed. Um, I'm going to take you through all 32 picks in the first round and give you my thoughts on who I think each team is going to select come April 28th in Las Vegas for the entirety of the first round. All 32 picks. It's going to be a lot of fun. So with that being said, let's get right into it. Starting off on the clock, the Jacksonville Jaguars go with Edge Aiden Hutchinson out of Michigan. Aiden Hutchinson, forget the speculation you keep hearing about the number one overall pick. Um, Hutch is probably going to be the pick. He is. Um, the most dominant defender last year in college football uh, out of the uh, out of the uh, out of Michigan. Um, listen, I, I think he was the obvious pick after after free agency, right? After the Jaguars uh, re-signed Cam Robinson on the franchise tag and extended him and whatever and whatnot. Um they didn't. There was no reason. There's no reason for them to take Evan Neal this year, or or an offensive tackle, or anybody else really. Um, Aiden Hutchinson is the consensus best edge rusher in the draft. I don't know if I believe that he's the best edge rusher, but he is the consensus best edge rusher among uh, the rest of the prospects. Um, so I think the Jaguars play it safe and they go with Aiden Hutchinson uh, at number one. And see, it seems like that's most likely going to be the pick. It doesn't seem like anything else could really happen there, you know? All right, moving on. With the second overall pick in this year's draft, the the Detroit Lions select Edge, Trayvon Walker out of Georgia. I love Trayvon Walker, man. These so So I'll say this, picks two and three, right? The Lions pick and the Texans pick at three are pretty interchangeable with who I have. Um, like who, whoever doesn't go two, I think we'll go three and and vice versa, obviously. But um, I think Walker's rise to the top, that quick rise where, you know, a month ago people weren't even talking about him uh, in the top 15. And now all of a sudden he was talking about going maybe number one, number two, number three. Uh, now, he's at, now he's gonna go top five. Um, I think that rise to the top of him as a prospect is going to lead to the, to the Lions taking him at two over the guy who's going to go number three to the Texans that I have. Um, Georgia, the, the key to this year's draft is just draft Georgia defensive players. Um, they're super talented. This is one of the most talented defensive groups that has come into the draft in quite some time um, between, I mean, Trevon Walker, uh, Jordan Davis, Dakobe D, and these guys. Um, they're all, I think, going to be studs in the NFL. I think that transition is going to be real smooth. Um, but... Walker's a guy who fits the Lions' uh, culture really well, gritty guy, um, and I think Dan Campbell likes him a lot, and I think that he's going to do really well, uh, especially since the Lions, could they need more of that outside linebacker position uh, than edge, and I think that's why Walker kind of, for lack of a better term, edges out uh, this next guy who's going to go number three. So let's, let's, let's get into that pick with the number three overall pick. The Houston Texans select Edge, Kayvon Thibodeau out of Oregon. Um, this pick makes sense for a lot of reasons if you're the Texans. Uh, for starters, uh, Thibodeau, well, I mean, we'll, we'll start with the coach. Lovey Smith, obviously the defensive coordinator last year in Houston, now is um, now takes over that role as the head coach. He is a defensive-minded guy. He's going to draft defense here. He's going to draft the best available defensive player here, the best edge rusher available here, because don't forget that the Texans do have that pick 13 now from that Deshaun Watson trade with the Browns. 
So now they can use that on uh, a position that isn't as premier, that has more um, more players instead of, you know, the, the corners I think are more like 1A, 1B, and then like 2A, 2B with, with Sauce and Stingley or whatever. Um, but the edges aren't like that. You need to get your guy. There's only so many great edge rushers in the top however many, um, and they're going to go quickly. Um, so I think Thibodeau is going to be the pick. I don't want to hear anything about his, you know, the football, uh, how much he's focused on football. He's focused on football. He's going to be a top pick in this year's draft. Um, and he has arguably the most upside of any player in this draft. And that's a stance I've had for quite some time. I really like Kayvon Thibodeau here. Um, so let's move on. At pick number four, the New York football Jets select cornerback Ahmad Gardner they uh, out of Cincinnati they get sauce uh they get their guy um sauce this fall this happens for the Jets if this is the way the top three falls I think if any of the top three fall to four any of those top three edge rushers I think they take that guy um but I think sauce is the best available player at his position uh is the best available prospect on the board for the Jets at four um they need a lockdown guy I know I mean, I'm a Jets fan. I'm, I'm, I've talked to a lot of Jets fans about it. They think that they're that that, that the secondary is better than they actually are. Um, yes, Bryce Hall, Brandon Eccles, those are great players, but they need that CB one to defend a Stephon Diggs, now a Tyreek Hill. And uh, you look at the college tape, and you look at his stats in college and how he did at Cincinnati. Sauce has the potential to be that guy, to be the next Jalen Ramsey. Um, I think I I do genuinely think that it is one A one B right now with Sauce and Stingley. Stingley, some of the best uh, uh, tape I've watched of any player in this draft, and I'll get to him when he's picked. Um, but we know the Jets love Sauce. His ability to go one v one man coverage uh, helps them defend against these powerhouse offenses uh, that are in the AFC East now. So I think Sauce goes four to the Jets at pick number five. The New York Giants select offensive tackle Evan Neal out of Alabama. Um, listen, uh, Evan Neal is a guy he could have fallen anywhere. Once again, it was one or it was one or the next, you know, four or five teams that pick uh, could absolutely use uh, an offensive lineman, right? They could absolutely use offensive lineman. Evan Neal is the best tackle in this draft. Right, he's the most. I would argue the most pro-ready tackle in this draft, pure tackle in this whole draft. Um, and you look at the Giants, right? Their path to success starts up front, starts on the offensive line. Get Daniel Jones. You want you want to see, I, I you want to see what is what you got with Daniel Jones right now. I don't know how good he is. I don't. I think he's not great. I don't think he can lead this team to the playoffs or win this division with the Giants. But if you're the Giants and you have new management and you truly want to see what you have with Daniel Jones, you get that man aligned and you evaluate him based on his talent. And it also helps out Saquon Barkley because, you know, it's it's people want to rule him out already. But Saquon's still a good player. He just needs – he's getting killed every play. You have zero chance of success no matter how good you are if you have, you know, five guys in the backfield every single play. You can't do it. So I like Evan Neal for the Giants at five. At pick number six, the Carolina Panthers select our first quarterback off the board, quarterback Malik Willis out of Liberty. I love Malik Willis. And if you've been watching my show for any period of time, you know how much I love Malik Willis. Malik Willis, um, he was a guy I was looking at last year. Um, he's a guy I've I've told you when when Kenny Pickett was being talked about as the QB one, I was told I was telling everybody, hey, Malik Willis, watch out for him. Malik Willis is my QB one in this draft. Um, the Panthers, listen. I think they get the guy they want. It's uh, it's pretty obvious they want Malik Willis. Unless someone, there's no, I'm not doing trades in this mock because it's uh, it's hard. It gets annoying to predict them and whatever and figure out all the logistics behind that. Um, but I, I think that as long as no one jumps the Panthers, Malik Willis is 
almost a surefire pick for them at six, um, unless someone takes him earlier. Uh, so the Panthers, they, they get the guy they want. Even if they think that Malik Willis is developmental, he's most likely your best option heading into, heading into 2022 um, and beyond at quarterback. Uh, give him a year. Let him figure it out. I promise you it'll pay off. He reminds me not he, – he, I'm not comparing him to Josh Allen in terms of his development because Josh Allen was truly a developmental guy and, uh, and the Bills did a great job with him. But Malik Willis – He's a guy that, you know, I've kind of doubted it. I've, I've, I've been uh, an advocate against doing this, but I think if you were to throw him in week one, I think he would do pretty well. I genuinely think he would do pretty well as long as you put the right pieces around him. Um, but I don't think if you really want to start Sam Darnold week one, be my guest. See what you got because – I promise you by week four, Malik Willis is going to be playing quarterback for this team. All right, next pick, number seven, the New York Giants select. They're on the clock again at pick seven. They get offensive tackle Ikem Aquanu out of NC State. So, yes, I have the Giants doubling up on offensive linemen in this draft in the first round with their two picks. Um, you double up on offensive line with the two best linemen in this draft, right? No doubt. Icky, the thing is, Evan Neal is a franchise guy. He's a franchise tackle. He's going to play. I think he'll play tackle for this team for the next decade. Now you get a guy, Ikem Aquanu, who can play right tackle. He can play tackle and he can play guard, which is the most important. So he can play interior as well. Now you fix what? Two out of five pieces on your offensive line. That's big. That's big, especially if you can just secure one side of it. Or if you want to go left tackle with Evan Neal and right tackle with Icky, I think that would be great too. You secure the, you protect against some great edge rushers in the NFC East. So I, I really like the giants doubling up on offensive line at five and seven. Um, I, I think that's a really good play for them. And for Brian Dable, who is going to be throwing the ball a lot since we know he's coming from Buffalo who throws the ball a lot. Um, so great pick for the giants. If they can secure both of them. Pick number eight, the Atlanta Falcons select wide receiver Garrett Wilson out of Ohio State. Man, Garrett Wilson is a matchup nightmare. Garrett Wilson is a guy, he most accurately, the reason I have the Falcons picking him, there's a lot of good receivers in this draft, but the reason he's my first receiver off the board is because he most accurately um, replaces Calvin Ridley, um, who obviously suspended for the year. Uh, for gambling, for gambling on a games during his time off, and uh, he most likely won't be back with the Falcons when he does return next season, or, or the season after next season. I think Garrett Wilson immediately helps out uh, Marcus Mariota. I think that he's a guy who can play the slot. I think with Marcus Mariota's legs, um, that slot receiver is going to be very important for him. Uh, in terms of his short game, Garrett Wilson has fast feet off the line, uh, and he's going to be a matchup nightmare for corners in the NFC South if the Falcons can grab him at eight. So he's my first receiver off the board, um, and I really do, I really do love that pick for the Falcons if they can grab him. Uh, pick number nine, the Seattle Seahawks are on the clock, and I have them taking offensive tackle Charles Cross out of Mississippi State. Um, listen, if you're the Seahawks, you're looking at the last decade and you're saying, all right, well, moving forward, you have to right all the wrongs that happened with Russell Wilson because you had a Super Bowl-level caliber quarterback, and obviously he won one, but the last four or five years he was there never had an offensive line, did not have an offensive line. No matter who is playing quarterback for you, you start, you start, up front, whether it's Drew Locke, whether it's a guy you're going to grab in the second round, if it's Baker Mayfield, hell, if it's Geno, Geno Smith playing quarterback, you need, you absolutely need an offensive line. You think you're, you were lucky if you're the Seahawks that Russell Wilson could compensate for not having that offensive line for his career. 
And now after it caught up to him and you trade him, guess what? Those other four or five guys I just named, none of them are going to be able to do what Russ did in terms of uh, playing through a bad offensive line. They won't be able to do it. So if you want any success, any chance of even competing in the NFC West this year or going forward, you absolutely have to start with this offensive line. Build a powerhouse. Start again. Reframe the offense around this Seahawks team because without Russell Wilson, you're not going to be able to be doing much unless you get that. And I think Charles Cross is a great piece to start that, uh, to, to start finishing off that offensive line. I really, really like it. Um, at pick number 10, the New York Jets, who are up again, they select Jermaine Johnson, edge, out of Florida State. Uh, Jermaine Johnson, man. The, so the Jets at four miss out on the top three edge rushers. Um, but they get a guy they really like at 10. We heard Jermaine Johnson had a great visit with the Jets um, just, I think, last week. Um, he is an absolute stud. Uh, Florida State, we know they produce great football players, great defensive football players. Uh, so I I love Jermaine Johnson. Um, I think Jermaine Johnson has a chance to become a top option for the Jets at 10. Uh I think he falls to 10. I think he has a chance to become the best edge rusher in this draft, possibly. I do. And that's not me being a homer with the Jets. I truly do think that um, he's he is one of the most raw talent players in this draft. I think in terms of upside at edge, it goes Thibodeau, Jermaine Johnson, Hutchinson, Walker. I think that's that, that that's that's what it is. Um, and that's if the Jets don't trade away their pick. So we're hearing some Debo Samuel news. Um, and if I'm the Jets, I'm absolutely trading 10 for Debo. Um, but that's a whole different story. So let's get into it. Pick number 11 here, moving on. The Washington Commanders are on the clock, and they go receiver. They go with wide receiver Drake London out of USC. You create a dynamic threat offensively with Terry McLaurin and the size of Drake London. Drake London, my pro comparison for him was Mike Evans. Um, Mike Evans is a, I think that's a perfect comparison, honestly. He can be Mike Evans. He's big. Uh, he gets up there and he can grab the ball, right? His separation I've heard and I've seen is an issue. Um, but because that's kind of the thing that most accurately uh tells you how easy the transition for a receiver is going to be from college to the NFL. But Drake London, man, I, I don't think it'll be an issue because he can get up there and grab the ball. And he's quick, man. He is fast vertically, like a DK Metcalf. Um, so I love that pick for the commanders at 11. Uh, the only problem is I don't know if Carson Wentz is going to be able to get him the football. So we'll see what happens in Washington. Uh, moving on here. Pick number 12. This is another one. So pick number 12, pick number 13 are very interchangeable, um, similar to two and three. So we'll get into it here. At pick number 12, I have the Vikings going with safety Kyle Hamilton out of Notre Dame. Um, Kyle Hamilton, man, he is just, he is an absolute great player. Um, this was a guy who was going to go top five. He was going to go top five, what, just a month and a half ago? He was going to go top five. And now he falls out of the top ten in my mock. Jacob, how could you ever do this? That speed thing, that his 40 time really threw people off. Um, and I think it threw teams off too because you want your guy to be fast. But I still think Kyle Hamilton – is going to be a fantastic option. I think it's a fantastic option for whoever can get him. And the Vikings here create a crazy threat in their secondary with Harrison Smith and Kyle Hamilton, a guy who can do just who can do more than one job playing as a safety. 
I think Kyle Hamilton is a great pick. And at pick number 13, I have the Houston Texans selecting Derek Singley Jr. Um, out of LSU. Uh, Singley, I don't know. He's. I think he. If if the Vikings don't get him, then I think the um, the Texans get Kyle Hamilton. Twelve and thirteen. Like I said, interchangeable. Uh, Stingley's the best tape. I said it before. Probably the best tape I've seen uh, from almost anyone in this entire draft. Um, he's an absolute dog. If he wasn't, if he didn't get hurt last year, uh, I think he would have been the first corner off the board. Uh, that Liz Frank injury is scary. That is a scary injury to have. Um, and if you're a scout and, and you know, you're looking at the corners, obviously the not injured guy is going to take the cake there. Um, but if the Texans can pull this off, that means they get Kayvon Thibodeau and Derek Singley Jr. Um, two absolute cornerstones uh, for this team, um, for his defense for the next however long, and immediately makes this Texans defense a huge threat, a massive threat. Um, yeah. And I, I do think that these that, that Singley is a, is a top dog. I, I really do. Um, and he's going to make – and Lovie Smith is going to take him to the next level, take both these players to the next level. And if there's anybody that's going to develop him, develop them, it's going to be him. So pick number 14 is up. The Baltimore Ravens select defensive lineman Jordan Davis out of Georgia – God, if you, I mean, if you have even followed the draft a little bit, you've seen how much uh, Jordan Davis has skyrocketed in uh, on these boards here. Um, I mean, he is massive. He is a massive man. Uh, he's and it's this is a big piece for the Ravens um, with the top prospect. He is the top defensive lineman, the top interior defensive lineman uh, in this entire draft. Um, and it helps set the Ravens up for another big year defensively, stopping the run. Um, and he's a really, really good player. There's not a lot more to say. I um, mean, he's going to help the Ravens out a lot. And he's so fast. Oh, my God, he's so fast for alignment. For, and for a guy's size. Jesus, I think he ran a, what do you run, a 5-240? That's the craziest thing I've ever seen in my whole life. Um, but, yeah, moving on. Pick number 15. The Philadelphia Eagles are on the clock. And they select wide receiver Jamison Williams out of Alabama. So the Eagles, they do, they take a chance on Williams, a guy who tore his ACL just in January. Um, it sounds like he's going to be, he's, he's aiming for training camp. He might just be saying that. I have a feeling there's a chance he's not ready till December. Um, but I love Jamison Williams. Of any receiver in this draft, I'll say he has the most upside at his position. Um, and the Eagles need they need to pick him here, or else they're not gonna get him. They won't be able to get him at 18. Um, since the Saints are right after, and the Saints will snag him up so quickly if uh if he gets to them. So I, I think the Eagles get their guy, get a guy that they need, try and make up for all these poor receiver picks the last couple of years, and they go Jamison Williams um at pick 15. So at pick number 16, then. That leaves the Saints to need to that leaves the Saints to need to take another receiver. And they go with Chris Olave out of Ohio State. And I love this. I think of any receiver, you know, not nah, I won't say that. I won't say I won't say the best fit, but he is a fantastic fit for the Saints and perfect and he's and he is exactly what the Saints need. Right? With Williams gone, then the Saints get the next best receiver in the draft. Um, Olave's speed brings a much needed threat to this Saints offense, right? Because you have James Winston playing quarterback for you this year. And he's got an arm. He's got an arm. But who's Michael Thomas isn't gonna isn't gonna be he's not a deep threat, right? James Winston was really good last year. Which makes my next pick for the Saints so hard. But James Winston was so good when he was playing last year. They were six and two, the Saints. Six and one, six and two. This was a really good team, man. This was a team that looked like they were going to make the playoffs. A team that looked like they were going to compete in the playoffs. So add a threat right now on top of Michael Thomas coming back. Now add a deep threat with Chris Olave, a guy who can stretch the field and can, you know, 
be he's acquitted for Jameis Winston's arm. He's perfect for Jameis Winston's arm. This would be a fantastic pick if you're the New Orleans Saints. And I think you even if you know if Jamison Williams isn't there because he's kind of that same threat, you go with Chris Olave. You get your guy. You get him. He is gonna he's gonna blow up in this Saints offense. I'm telling you right now if they can get him. Pick number 17 we're at. The Los Angeles Chargers select offensive tackle Trevor Penning out of Northern Iowa. Trevor Penning, if you watch any senior bowl tape, anything for any senior bowl highlights, he was a dog. He was destroying linemen. And he has he he's he plays with a chip on his shoulder. He is the most aggressive offensive lineman in this draft, um, which might not always be a good thing because a lot of penalties. But uh, you get another big body up front if you're the Chargers to protect Justin Herbert and defend against you know the Raiders now who have Chandler Jones, the Chiefs uh, who are they have great offensive they have great defensive linemen, um, and, and you get the Broncos who are who are getting better defensively. Um, I love this pick. I think this is the obvious pick for the Chargers if Penning is there at 17. Um, you protect your quarterback because Justin Herbert has a chance to show next year why he's going to be competing for MVP for the next six, seven, eight, ten years. Because he's that good, but they need to figure out this offense, figure out how to use Herbert because Staley did not do a good job last year doing it. He did not. Brandon Staley did not do a good job coaching Justin Herbert and this offense last year. Um, but I think I think this team will take a step forward this year. This will be a playoff team in 2022-2023. At pick number 18, the Philadelphia Eagles are on the clock again. And they go with another need, and they go with Edge George Karlaftis out of Purdue. Karlaftis. A, he is a you get the Eagles get a great run stopper um, to add to this defensive line alongside Hassan Reddick. Um, this is the, this Eagles Karlaftis is a great fit for the Eagles. Um, he has very quick hands. He has great hand movement. That's what I was watching on t- when I when I was watching his tape. I saw a lot of great hand movement. The problem with him is he does a lot of the same moves off the line, and um, I think. NFL offensive lineman will kind of get to know that, but I, I, I have no doubt that the Eagles are going to help him out. Um, whatever team gets him, help him out, get him some more moves, um, and get him to do get, get him to the NFL level. If there's any developmental edge rusher, I think it's him. I think he's a developmental edge rusher, and uh, and they'll coach him up. And he needs to be surrounded by a veteran, Hassan Reddick. And this is going to be a really, he's going to be a really good player if the Eagles can play their cards right, if they snag them up at 18. Pick number 19. The the New Orleans Saints are on the clock again. And this time, they go with a quarterback. The Saints select quarterback Desmond Ritter out of Cincinnati. We believe in Jameis Winston. But do they? It's a new head coach. It is. It's a new head coach. Um, I know he was in the system last year. But it is it, it's De- Dennis Allen. Uh, he was the D coordinator, and he now is the head coach there. Um, but do they believe Jameis Winston is a franchise quarterback? Well, the deal that they gave him was a two-year prove-it deal. Um, and listen, I love Jameis. I think he played really, really well last year. And I think they do have something special with Jameis if they can play these cards right, but you know, Jameis, like we know, he might come out and fall flat on his face. And if that happens, you need to have a backup option. And I think the perfect backup option, you're you're playing the long game here by selecting Ritter. You are. Let him sit behind Jameis for at least a year. Let him learn. Let him learn behind a, a guy who's, you know, he he's had his fair share of time. He's Jameis has been in the league seven years, believe it or not. Um, Desmond Ritter's he's a really really great player. He's my QB two in this draft class. I love him. I think this would be. I think it's if you're Ritter, 
this is a great situation to go to because um, it's not a, a surefire. You're not being thrown into the fire right away. There's not a surefire starter necessarily in New Orleans, right? It's not like they're committed to Jameis for the whole year if he's playing poorly. Um, so, and it's not like he has really control over who's, right? It's it's not like a Aaron Rodgers or a Mahomes. Like, there's no chance you're going to get in. There's a chance that, there's definitely a chance that Desmond Ritter, that Desmond Ritter can see some playing time this season. So, I do like the pick for the Saints at, at 19 if they can get Ritter or whoever can get Ritter because he is a he's going to be a really, really good player um, in this draft. I don't care that he's from Cincinnati and he got destroyed in the playoffs. I don't care. It's okay. He's a good he's he's a good quarterback. Pick number 20. The Pittsburgh Steelers are on the clock and they go with interior offensive lineman Tyler Linderbaum out of Iowa. He is um he's a center. Interior offensive line. He's he he plays center. Um, Linderbaum, the positional value makes him drop to twenty, but the Steelers need a center, and he's the best one you're gonna get, right? This is the best center. He was a top ten. He, he is he's a top ten talent for me, right? He he's a top ten talent that that falls to twenty, and he's the best center in this class by far. Uh, he's this year's Creed Humphrey. I think he honestly has a chance to be better than Creed Humphrey. Um, he was, I mean, it's, it's, it's tough to play center and, and, and it's such a, the positional value makes it, it's, it's tough. But, uh, yeah, Linderbaum goes 20 to the Pittsburgh Steelers like that pick for them, boost up the boost up that offensive line. And, uh, it definitely helps the run game with Najee Harris as well. Pick 21. The New England Patriots select linebacker Devin Lloyd out of Utah. 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 The Utes. Um, Devin Lloyd fits the Pats, uh, Pats defense perfectly. Um, he's an absolute great player, has a chance to be the best linebacker in this draft, and has, he has a chance to explode in Bill Belichick's system. Um, he plays the pass really, really well. And this is a division that's going to be using the tight end a lot. He's a linebacker that can absolutely cover really well. He's super fast. Um, you know, the Jets, they snag up Uzama. They snag up Conklin. Uh, we know the Bills definitely use Dawson Knox a lot. And uh, and we know the Dolphins use Mike Kosicki. So, He's a guy that can defend. He can stop the run. He can get to the passer. He can do it all. I love Devin Lloyd, uh, and I think the Patriots. As a Jets fan, I don't want the Patriots to get him. But uh, but the, if you're a Patriots fan, you're getting a dog in Devin Lloyd. Whoever does. Uh, pick number twenty-two. The Packers. They finally get a wide receiver. They finally can do it. They finally get themselves that first round wide receiver that Packers fans have been hoping for to pair with. Nobody to pair. I would for years it was oh pair him with Devontae Adams, get Aaron Rodgers another piece, create a dynamic offense. And so the Packers said, Oh, you want us to draft a receiver? Okay, and then trade a Devontae Adams. <laughs> but but uh you're definitely getting a great player uh in, in Traylon Burks um out of Arkansas. Uh he's he I know he's the Debo Samuel of this draft. Um, maybe not Debo talent. I, I think he's great and it's not, but Debo's another level of a player. Um, listen, Traylon Burks is the most versatile wide receiver in this draft. Um, we know that the Packers were in on Debo. I don't think they're going to be able to, I don't think they're going to end up trading for him because I don't think the Niners trade him within the, the conference. Um, but I think that they opt to fill the role, uh, that that Debo role, that versatile wide receiver role, the, wide, the Devontae Adams filling wide receiver role, um, I think they opt to do it through the draft. Um, and I think they opt to do it with Traylon Burks, who is the best receiver left at 22. So I, I do like that. And I, I really like Burks, and I really like his abilities. Um, and I, I think the Packers stang him up at 22. Pick number 23. We're heading into the, the fourth quarter here of these. The Arizona Cardinals select cornerback Trent McDuffie out of Washington. I really like McDuffie. Um, 
he's kind of in that two two A two B range for me uh, in terms of the corners in this draft. Uh, I, 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 with Arizona, you get Arizona some help defensively in a division with uh, a lot of star wide receivers, a lot of star talent, Cooper cup. Well, I don't even need to list those guys for you, but Arizona's needed a lot of help defensively. And with Traylon Burks off the board, I don't think they go receiver. Um, and so I think McDuffie ends up being the pick for them at 23 pick number 24. The Dallas Cowboys go safety. They get Daxton Hill out of Michigan. I love this pick for Dallas. Um, the Cowboys secondary was in desperate need of help last season. Hill is a good run stopper, and uh, and he can play the pass pretty well also. But he he's he's mainly I, I mainly see him as a good run stopper in this defense. Um, and I do think Dan Quinn will be able to use him as he should. I think he's a great player, and uh, and he is worthy of a first round pick. So a lot of people don't have him going in the first round, but I absolutely think he's worthy of an early twenties pick, uh, especially to fill that need that the Cowboys have at 24. Pick number 25, the Buffalo Bills go corner. They go with Andrew Booth Jr. out of Clemson. Booth is a guy, he's kind of fluctuated up and down on draft boards, um, but he's a solid piece. He is. I think he's a solid corner. Like I said, two A, two B with with McDuffie, um, and I think that he's a great piece to pair to pair with Trey White to kind of create a uh, uh, a duo in their secondary, um, and, and I guess keep the Bills rolling, who are right now my Super Bowl favorite heading into next season. So good for Andrew Booth if he can get if he can land in Buffalo next year. Pick number 26, finally, my man goes, the Titans get linebacker N'Kobe Dean out of Georgia. It's been no secret, like I said, if you've been watching my show for some time, that I that I am a homer for N'Kobe Dean. He is my favorite linebacker in this draft. He is one of my favorite defensive players in this draft. Um, he's a top 10 pick talent. You watch the film, he's a top 10 pick talent that would be a steal if he fell to the Titans at 26, and he fills... The biggest need, I think, defensively for the Titans and uh, would fit right in perfectly. Can stop. He's a great run stopper, and I think he defends the pass a lot better than people think he does. And he's, he hits so hard. That's what makes him my favorite. He hits so hard. Uh, pick 27. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers go line. They go with interior offensive lineman Kenyon Green out of Texas A&M. Uh, Green was a guy who I had going. If you... My, my last mock, I had him going pretty early. I think I had him going to Washington at 11. Um, but I couldn't uh, – listen, I couldn't find anywhere else for him. So I Kenyon Green goes 27 to the Buccaneers. Um, a major hole gets filled in Tampa. Uh, Kenyon Green, in my opinion, he's a day-one starter. He's a great player. Um, and it helps Tampa Bay try and fortify a similar line to what they had two years ago for Tom Brady um, as they try and make that run – Again, Brady's big return, whatever, um, as they try and make another run into the NFC to the Super Bowl to send Brady off into the sunset for real this time. So, yeah, guard for the Bucks, piece that they really lost a lot of in free agency as well. Um, so we'll move on. Pick 28. The Green Bay Packers go interior defensive lineman Devontae Wyatt out of Georgia. So the other Georgia defensive lineman uh, that I uh, that's, that's available here, my second favorite, obviously, Jordan Davis is the first. Uh, the Packers get defensive help with their second first-round pick. Um, Wyatt, he's a great run stopper, uh, which is something that Green Bay has struggled a lot with. Um and they struggled a lot with last year, especially in that NFC champion in the in the NFC divisional game. Um, I do think that Devontae Wyatt is good. I don't think he's as good as Jordan Davis, but I think he's worthy of a first round pick, especially for the Packers, who fits and he fits that need relatively well. So I like that for the Packers there, since they finally and, and Packers fans won't be mad about that because well, they went receiver. They finally went receiver earlier. Uh, pick number 29, the Kansas City Chiefs are up. They go with Sky Moore, wide receiver out of Western Michigan. 
the highest rising wide receiver, the quickest rising wide receiver, um, a dangerous replacement for Tyreek Hill. Um, and he gets put into a great situation if you're uh, if you're a wide receiver um, where Sky Moore kind of comes in and is immediately the wide receiver one for this team. And he's going to see a lot of targets, right? Because it's just him and Kelsey. And you have Patrick Mahomes playing quarterback and Andy Reid is your coach. I think that's a great option if you're a receiver. And I think Sky Moore is a great player. I love his film, and he is one of my favorite receivers in this whole draft. Um, love it. And pick number 30, I won't even do the sound because it's the same team. The Chiefs have back-to-back picks in the first draft. Um, and I think they go with Edge. David Ojabo out of Michigan. Uh, so Ojabo was a guy, he tore his Achilles at his pro day um, during a practice. Ojabo's a guy who wouldn't have who who would have been a top 15 pick had he not gotten hurt, obviously. But apparently, I'm hearing he might be ready for the season. I doubt he's going to be ready week one. I say no chance he's ready week one. Um, but Kansas City can afford to take a chance on a guy like Ojabo, who there's so much upside there. And he's is so much upside there, and he's a huge piece. If you can if he if you can get him healthy and he's even I'll say 80% of his skill set still, 80% of his of his motor and everything is still there. I think that's a gr- I think that's a steal at 30 if you're the Chiefs. A lot of help defensively for them. So I like that pairing of receiver and edge for for the Chiefs at 29 and 30. Uh pick number 31. Do we have comments? Let's see. Pick number th- let's get through some of these comments here. Uh Umte says, uh, do the Jets trade away their next pick at 10? Uh, Debo. Yeah, I'm hearing maybe I'm hearing the Jets are willing to give up 10 for Debo. Uh, and I said, I say absolutely do it. JC Allen, what's going on, man? Thanks for joining on. He says, who is the pick uh for I'm gonna go with you say for the Bucks? Um, I had them taking Kenyon Green guard, Texas AM. I have him falling to the Bucks at 27. I like that. Um, pick number 31. The Cincinnati Bengals go with a guard. They go Zion Johnson out of Boston College. Um, this was the biggest, I mean, this is obviously the biggest hole for Cincinnati. Uh, the obvious go offensive line here, no matter who it is, if you're, if you're the Bengals, um, protect Joe Burrow, please, please protect Joe Burrow. We know, we know you took Jamar Chase. It was the right pick last year, but I mean, you look what happened in that Super Bowl, and you look what happened in that Titans game. That's I don't care that you made it to the Super Bowl. I think that's a, it was a fantastic story, fantastic run. But what ended up killing you in that Super Bowl game? It was, I it was it looked like an embarrassment of an offensive line that played in that Super Bowl game. It did because they were playing way above their talent level for the entirety of the season and really most of the playoffs. But that Titans game and that 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 Rams that Super Bowl game, man, it was rough. The Rams kind of just ran they, they ran over the the Bengals offensive lineman Von Miller, Aaron Donald. It was rough. Um, so fix it and do it through the draft. Good job. Pick number thirty-two. Last pick of the first round. Who is it? It's drama with the Lions going quarterback, and they get Kenny Pickett. Out of pit, um, listen, Kenny Pickett. I'm not as high on Pickett as a lot of people are. I'm not very high on him at all, actually. Um, he's my QB four in this draft class. Uh, but hey, if you're the Lions, you have Jared Goff playing quarterback. You need a young guy. You're not going to be able to, you know, you're paying Jared Goff a ton of money. Um, I think they have the fifth most expensive quarterback room in the league right now. It's Jared Goff playing quarterback. So get a young guy in there at the end of the first round. He's sitting there. Um, I think Pickett, it's either going to be Pickett or Matt Corral for the Lions at 32. But if you want a guy to sit, I, I think it'll end up being Pickett. Let him sit behind Goff. See what you got. Um, if Goff is bad, put Kenny Pickett out there. See what he can do. That's the reality. We got more comments here coming in. Here we go. Uh, man, not loving the Kenyon Green pick. LOL. Um, I think, 
Uh, that's fair. That's fair. I just think the Bucks go. I think the Bucks uh, end up going guard. I actually, I'm hearing JPP probably won't be coming back to the Bucks based on what I saw on his Instagram. So uh, I don't know. Who did the Pats take? JC Allen. Uh, the Pats went with Devin Lloyd, linebacker out of Utah. Hope you like that pick. That's a really good pick for the Pats if he's there at 21. Green over Johnson and Wyatt. He says he says he'd riot if that happens. Um, fair enough. Fair enough. Johnson, yeah. But but Green Kenyon Green is really good, man. He's a good player. I think so. Uh um, says Pickett's overrated. Lucky if a team keeps him. Yeah. Um Pickett is the most pro ready quarterback, said JC Allen. Uh and small hands won't be such an issue. It's not the hands that really get me. I just man, I'm I watch him. I just don't see that it. It was the same thing I say with Tua. I don't see that it factor. Uh, with, with Pickett when I watch him play, really. Um, and I think all those guys, while they might, well, Pickett might be the most pro-ready quarterback week one, but you develop Malik Willis, you develop a Matt Corral, you develop a Desmond Ritter, I think they have a chance to sprout if you can let, if you play your cards right, let them sit, you know, get them in there. Oh, oh, forget having to respond right now. We got him in the lobby. Let's get him in here right now. JC Allen, man. What's the going prodigy? On? Jacob What's... Charnow. How are we doing, guy? I'm doing really well here. I hear you. I see you have some opinions about my mock. I see... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. You know, I, in the, in the original process, when I was going through all this, it was for me, it was like, okay, Bucks could take a guard. Let me look at Zion Johnson. Let me look at Green. And for me, Zion Johnson fits what the Bucks do a lot more than Green. Green is a mauler in the run game. He is an absolute beast. But his pass protection sets need a lot of work, need some refinement. He's a little sloppy. If I'm going to go guard and both of those guys are available to me, which I, I I don't think Zion would be, it's Zion Johnson out there. He's a plug-and-play guard. He's from that BC um, offensive line school powerhouse where they just pump out good interior linemen. That's my opinion uh, on the two. I, I don't want Green at all. <laughs> I, I really cooled on him. I think all of those Texas A&M players, kind of their stock was so high, and you've seen it kind of drop off. Um, Isaiah Spiller was one of them. DeMarvin Leal, Kenyon mm-hmm. Green. Um, the list goes on uh, with those Texas A&M guys. Obviously, Jalen Wertemeyer was considered as potentially the number one tight end, and now he's – probably going to be undrafted so for me i just think if we're gonna if they're gonna take a guard there johnson's the pick but they also have a huge need at defensive line getting younger with guys on one-year deals sue's still not resigned so Devontae wyatt being there is another guy that i'd those are the two guys that i'd take a really hard look at especially over green now devin sure. lloyd fucking love it <laughs> absolutely <laughs> love the pick Devin Lloyd, yeah, that was that was a good one for the Patriots. Um, but my thing, yeah, I, I agree with with the green thing. I I definitely think it's going to be a guard for the Bucks, because um, I think you know you have Brady coming back, you get you, you lose some pieces on the line, and you don't want to make Tom Brady upset. You don't want him to get hit. So I think you go. I think he can make up for you know whatever's not there on the defensive line. I, I I do I do not think defense is gonna be a problem for the Bucs this year. It hasn't been for the last however long. Um but I don't but you don't want offensive line to become a problem. And I think that's a guard, whether it's Green or Johnson, um I, I think I think that guard is probably gonna be the pick there, no? I mean it, it definitely well could be. Uh, and I think if it's if it's if Johnson is there, I think that's the one guard in this draft that I would run to the podium for. You know, we spoke to Jason Light a little while ago, and he he mentioned by name everybody in that competition for Aaron Stinney, who has you know, if you remember, started those three games leading up to the Super into the Super Bowl when Alex Kappa went down. Nick Lavrette, Robert Hainsey. If you draft a guard, you're pushing one of those guys off the roster. Most likely, Nick Lavrette, who can kind of play multiple positions for you and is very versatile offensive lineman. Um, so if you're gonna do it, you gotta you gotta grab the best guard. And you got to do one who's going to be an instant plug and play, then that you're not going to need to worry about in pass protection. Because if that's what we're talking about, is, is 
getting pass protection for Tom Brady, Kenyon Green's not the guy. He's he's going to open up holes for Leonard Fournette, but you know, and I think he'll be fine if if it was the pick. You're putting him next to Ryan Jensen and Donovan Smith. I don't think there'd be too much of an issue there. Um, but if the ball if the board falls the way it does, and they're dead set on going guard, it's got to be Zion Johnson, in my opinion. They met with him. Um, had a had a formal interview at the combine with him. They met with Kenyon Green too, but I think he'd be the pick. Uh, I, I would lean. I would probably think they would lean more Devontae. I don't know because Devontae White's got some character concerns with, you know, family domestic issues. So it, it's tough, man. This is the yeah. toughest year to do a mock. I did my first. It's mock so hard. And I was like, so I didn't. I didn't know what to do. I'm putting like players, and I actually left. Devontae White out of the first round completely. And then I was like, oh, wait, wait a second. And then I moved him over to the Bucks pick uh, before I published it. But yeah, these mocks, man, they're, they're, they're no joke. They're tough. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. Can I get your thoughts on a, a few of my other picks that absolutely. I don't know how much you caught? I have, let's see, some of the few more, con- some of the more controversial ones, I suppose. Um, I have, I have Kyle Hamilton falling all the way to 12 to the Vikings. I have him going 12. I have 12 and 13 interchangeable between Kyle Hamilton at 12 and then Derek Stingley Jr. at 13. That's the one that – that's that's so Derek Stingley Jr. I think will be off the board before then. So I, I, the more I look at it, me too. He's so good. Kyle Hamilton was – he was going as high as three. Um, <laughs> yeah, I remember that. And now I think his stock has cooled a little bit. Um, I think he's probably one of the best players in this draft. Uh, definitely a guy that you can plug and play and he's going to be a starter, you know, maybe eventually a pro bowler. Um, I'm, I'm the highest on Nikki Aquanu in this entire draft. I think he's the only really guy who's got a legit shot at making the hall of fame one day. Um, doesn't matter what scheme or system he goes. And I just think he's that, that good. Other, other guys will, uh, it will matter where they go as far as coaching staff, scheme system, all that stuff. Um, but, Hamilton, I, I don't have a problem there at 12. At Stingley, I think he'll probably be off the board before then. But you never know because the injury history, the lack of production last season, mm-hmm. he, he came out at his pro day and blew the doors off of it with his testing. So maybe that got him back in the good graces. Again, this draft is so weird because usually you have at least a quarterback or or some players that are like, we don't even know who the first round pick's going to be at this point. And like, we've usually know that for like a week now already. Um, It's just, there's so much volatility to this draft. And a lot of that is because there is no true, I've got about 10 to maybe 12 first round grades total on, on on this entire draft. And then everywhere else it's, it's good players. And then the depth is great because COVID and, you know, right. seniors come back for a super senior season. A lot of players came back for another year because of the COVID cancellation season or shortened season. So it's got a lot of depth and meat to it, but at the top, it's just not there. So it's yeah. going to really be interesting where each team has these players graded on their board. Where are you sitting on a, uh, on Desmond Ritter right now? I have him going 19 to the saints. I have I have them going quarterback after I just hyped up Jameis Winston for ten minutes uh, <laughs> with with their first pick getting Chris Olave, but I have them going nineteen with a quarterback there. I could definitely see that too. I mean, they always sign Jameis Winston to a two year deal. Exactly. Um, you bring a guy in. I think they will be in play for a quarterback at some point. Um, I don't if whether it's nineteen or not. I don't know how the board shook out and if there was any linemen there or anything like that offensive linemen because I know they need to replace Teron Armstead as well. Um, but I don't think that's a bad fit. Um, when you're looking at the quarterbacks, this class, it's it's difficult to discern really who's going to be the top guy. I think consensus, Malik Willis is the top guy based on potential. I think pro readiness, it's probably um, Kenny Pickett. Uh, Desmond Ritter, though, has a lot of production. Uh, you know, I, I like Ritter as well. Um, I don't think – I think those three quarterbacks go in the first round. I could also see Sam Howell sneak into it as well. Um, so I don't have a problem with that at 19. Uh, I think it's I think it's a perfect landing spot for them. Sure, sure. And then I'm – I mean, I have three edges going in the top three. I mean, I got Hutchinson, and then I got Trayvon Walker, and then I got Thibodeau going. That leaves it, – it, this is a weird draft. It really is because those top three guys, right – any of them 
and because then you get a guy at 10 like Jermaine Johnson who he's an absolute dog out of FSU I think he has a chance to come in and immediately be a top guy in this draft um but Thibodeau I think he has the most upside of any player in this whole draft um and and Trayvon Walker we see his quick rise to the top right people weren't talking about him um as even a top 15 20 pick just a few weeks ago and now all of a sudden people were talking about him going number one can you can you kind of explain why you know what what is it about Walker that shot him up so high and led to you know him being mocked at number one him and now me mocking him at number two because I would love to get your perspective on what you think of him Yeah, so Walker is all about projection, right? He's got the athleticism. He showed that off um, in college. He showed it off at the scene, at the combine, uh, especially. And I think for Walker, um, it's the projection of what he could be. I think he could be the best pass rusher in this draft. But again, that's a big projection based off production, um, and it's also a big projection based off system and scheme and coaching. you got to have all those things add up. So the Jaguars, Trent Belke's got a history of going after guys like that. Alden Smith is one of them um, that he took and he passed on some other players there who had more production. But, you know, it's going to be really interesting to see which one of those guys go first. I think if you look at Aiden Hutchinson, he's probably the safest pick. He's my Evan Neal, safe edge safe tackle you know what you're getting doesn't really have the highest ceiling but you know he's going to be an impact player at the edge i think Kayvon thibodeau is a wild card kind of like a charles cross i compare these guys because i think they both have pro bowl ability um and then you look at guys like walker and nikki aquanu who i think have sure. all pro ability um it just depends on i think for more so for walker than nikki it depends on where they go and what coaching they get to improve them them in the NFL level. Absolutely, man. All right, cool. I'm going to let you get out of here. Go ahead and tell everybody where they can find you because you got a lot going on, man. Yeah, I'll, yeah, uh, definitely. Always a pleasure to pop in here and speak with you, man. Uh, de- definitely check me out on Twitter, at JCONNFL. Uh, check out our work over at Peter Report. We'll have our live draft show coming up this week. We're, we're currently putting out our Bucks best bets. Um our preview series with who we think the Bucks might be able, might be looking at in rounds one through three, and then four through seven. We've hit probably forty picks over the twenty-seven years. I think we're really comfortable with some of the guys we have picked now this year. So definitely check that out. That will go all the way up until Thursday, where we'll have um, our Bucks best bets undrafted free agent um, edition as well. So definitely check all that stuff out. Otherwise, so sure you can find me. Always a pleasure to come on and talk to you, Jacob, the prodigy Charno. I hope everything's well for you. It is. All right, man. I'll talk to you later. Peace. All right. And with that, we're going to wrap today from the Hard Count Football Podcast Live. And that's the end of our mock draft. That's my final mock draft before Thursday night. Um, Be sure to go follow me on Twitter at Jacob Charno, Instagram at Hard Count Football. I appreciate everyone joining me here today. Uh, Special thanks to JC Allen for coming on towards the end. Um, it's always a blast. That's a day one guy right there. Um, he's been there since I started this. So that's pretty cool. It's always cool to talk to him, see his growth too, as well. Um, check him out everywhere. Um, as always check out the, uh, be sure to remember to check out the hard count football podcast live every Sunday morning, right here at 9am, uh, Eastern and, uh, 8am Chicago time on the hard count football YouTube channel and on 1252 sports. Be sure to check out all the other shows from 1252 sports because there's a lot going on here and be sure to check out my live draft show live draft show this thursday at whatever time the draft starts i gotta figure that out i'll tweet it out um but stay tuned because it's going to be a ton of fun uh last year it was a ton of fun to you get you know reacting to every pick watching me react to all that fun stuff so be sure to check it out there will be an open link for anybody who wants to come talk to me uh during that so yeah with that being said uh enjoy your Sunday, and uh, enjoy the draft. I'll see you all Thursday night.